Just a warning that the following conversation contains material and a subject matter that may not be suitable for all audiences. Please take care of yourself. Welcome in Vienados Totos to our football podcast about Mexican women's soccer. I am Eugene Rapinski, and with me as always is Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you today? I'm so cold. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to change like 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 there was a huge wardrobe change uh, this week <laughs> for me because it, it just started getting so cold over here, which I'm sure it's like not even like close to cold for you. Uh, <laughs> but it's just so different from what we're used to down here. So, yeah, other I, than that, I'm good. <laughs> I get it. I was talking to my sister uh, the other day and she's she still lives in Florida where I grew up. And she's like, it was so cold. It got down to like 50 here. And I'm like. <laughs> oh man <laughs> i would kill for a day like that so i know but we, have, it, we have colleagues in miami and they're like it's cold in here and we're like how is it cold in miami like that's not even like physically possible you know it you know it when you live someplace long enough the winters do feel cold and the, the summers mm-hmm. do feel hot and you know uh it, it doesn't really matter what hot and cold are but your body just kind of adjusts to that so but it is kind of funny listening to that the way i'm sure people in in mexico and and to be fair in florida laugh at me when i'm like man it got really hot it got up to like 90 today you're like oh okay <laughs> um, oh that sounds tough <laughs> yeah right for you yeah. <laughs> but yeah no i hope uh hope you're well I hope all of our listeners are well we got uh we got some tough news over this uh, this past week, uh, you know, the off season um, outside of the normal off season goings on of transfers and rumored signings and all that kind of stuff. Um, what was it last week? Last Thursday, uh, the magazine Proceso dropped an absolute bombshell and that documented um, what was alleged abuse uh, at Club Nicaxa. Um, there was. Uh, all sorts of things we'll kind of get into and unpack. Um, but, you know, initially, because you, you were the one that that sent that uh, over to me, you were the one that uh, kind of made me aware of what was going on. Um, you know, what what kind of went through your mind as you're reading this 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 really damaging report? Oh, man, it was. I mean, the first reaction was, oh, no, not not another of like these kinds of things that we've seen, uh, sadly, not only in Liga MX, but also um, with the NWSL, for instance. I, w- I was remembering right. all those investigations that came out um, regarding players, abuse, um, really, really delicate stuff. And ag- again, it just felt like we- we've, spoke- we've, we've spoken so many times about how the league has taken great strides forward but then sometimes some steps backwards and this just felt like just being pushed to the start line um it's just one of those things that you we we kind of thought we were over with it was just kind of the things that we thought we we hoped we wouldn't ever see again um so yeah like my first reaction was just like oh no i mean are are you kidding me are, are we are we have we not learned from past experiences have we not learned from other leagues from other incidents from what we've seen happen in the u.s sadly um it it just it was like like this mix of all these like examples of what we've had to face i mean uh jennifer hermoso at the world cup i mean it it was just kind of like this mix of things and we're like oh are are we are we making this even bigger still um so yeah that that was like my first initial um, response after reading that it was disappointment it was frustration it was anger um just a bit about everything um yeah what what did you think about it initially um 
revulsion. Um, I, it was just it was sickening to to read uh, the the allegations that were published, and they they go from your kind of run of the mill just being a grimy kind of bad person. Uh, you know, he's mm-hmm. reported to have told uh, Rox Romero, the the assistant coach there, um, that you know women can't be in a position of leadership because they don't really do anything, and you know, it's just kind of grimy stuff like that uh to much darker stuff um reporting that he had invited players over to his apartment to drink alcohol and and to allegedly like have sex uh some uh even with the the under 18s team and then the ones who didn't uh go he would have other players like kind of take it out on them and training you know kind of beat them hard, uh, you know, going to tackles hard and stuff like that. Just really, really awful stuff. Like you said, it, one of the first things I thought was like, oh my God, this is just like the NWSL with with Paul Riley and mm-hmm. and that sort of just awful, awful situation. Um, and then as awful as that was, it got worse because the club didn't, really say anything until the following day like nobody put out like this report dropped in the afternoon on Mm -hmm. thursday friday was when they finally released a statement that just was super uh yeah it was just well you know we're committed to integrity and professionalism uh and noting that you know well no formal complaint had been uh, filed, uh, you know, and that if anybody wants to file uh, a complaint, they're welcome to do so with our mm-hmm. um, sexual harassment and harassment assistance commission. But, you know, part of the report was also saying that sporting director Alberto Clark knew and kind of protected uh, uh, Jorge Gomez. And, mm-hmm. you know, if anything really understated that, it was the next day when they had a, a friendly against Santos Laguna and Santos was posting pictures and you can clearly see Gomez on the bench for Nacoxa. It's like n- nothing. Yeah. Like, like what, yeah. What part of this aren't you guys getting? It's, yeah. yeah and, and that's really been it. Like I, I haven't heard anything else about it other than people being justifiably angry at the club. Yeah. I, I think, uh, um, I mean, if, if, if things weren't bad enough um, after I heard, uh, well, I mean, after I read, uh, the sporting director kind of looked at the messages and said like oh he's just you know he's just one of those flirty kind of guys yeah and i was like oh my god it was uh it's it's a, again like all these other cases of when we had um i'm trying to remember it was like a cruz azul coach say something like oh no women can't be trusted to Kashinia. do yeah like Kash- to take like good de- good decisions on the field because they're like unstable or something like that oh my god um yeah it was it it's it was just crazy because it, it you can't believe that they actually kind of knew about it or just didn't react to it and they were like oh it's you kind of re- like overreact and this isn't such a big thing and that just puts all the players in a position that's just so delicate and 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 terrible because it means that even if they come forward with with evidence and just mention whatever has happened people might just not listen they just might discredit anything they have to say which yeah. is just as bad so I mean it's it's terrible. It's it's it kind of sucks that we haven't had um any response from the league officially either. 
um it's it, it's kind of being buried just because it's like end of the year and people are off to other things and it just seems as though nothing's really going to happen yeah yeah i think that is ultimately the most disheartening part of this is that even though you have what looks to be some pretty overwhelming evidence of some wrongdoing uh going on there uh it's it just seems like nobody nobody cares nobody's going to actually do anything and that's just for a league that seemed to be going in the right direction to not even come out with a statement something as as milk toast as well we're going to investigate this and, and try and get to the bottom of it is it's just it's it's heartbreaking um you yeah. know we like you said we we had such a, a good season this past season with attendance records and all sorts of you know positive stories coming out of it and it's like wow this is this is how it ends like that's just it's just such it's so disheartening i i'm i'm just kind of at a loss for words of just how sad this is yeah i mean and if if we go like if we if we think about um the fact that it was also during the week where we learned that officially Mexico is one of the host countries that's looking forward to uh, is looking forward to host the 2027 World Cup along with the U.S. And just the image that you have to give along alongside the league and just all the criticism that, for instance, other countries have had for hosting, not even the Women's World Cup, for hosting the Men's World Cup and not having um, not not being able to guarantee uh, gay rights and any other kind of thing. Um just to know that this is happening over here, it's, I mean, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking, it's frustrating, um, it's infuriating, and it just makes you worry a lot more about what else isn't being said. Because again, this is thanks to a really great investigation by by Proceso, mm -hmm. um, which they usually do. It's not the first time they've had something like this um, come forward. They've had several investigations regarding Liga MX Femenil, they're pretty serious uh, magazine. In case anybody wants to look into it, um, so. It, it just seems as though there's no reaction. And that's even worse because it just means that nothing might not be done. Hopefully, um, I'm still kind of hoping that once the league starts again next semester, somehow this will turn into some huge pressure for the club to take any decisions that are necessary and change. Um, but still, I mean, time is ticking. Teams are coming back to practice, looking forward to next season. And things should be done now i mean there, there shouldn't be we, we shouldn't have to wait for people to actually start putting pressure on the club for something to change they should do it by themselves but it again it seems as though yeah there was tons of response from fans from from people all over but just not with where you you thought you, there would be some really quick response and some really drastic response as well yeah no yeah you know I, it's it's such a shame that this club that has been repeatedly failed um, in terms of the the sporting project, right? I mean, yeah. one of our things, we've kind of always been pointing out that it seems like nobody there is paying attention. Nobody there is putting in any investment, any any sort of effort into bettering the club. You know, we, we knew about problems with contracts, with players being paid almost nothing, not being paid. We knew about conditions at you know not having like a casa club um, being forced to train elsewhere when the men were there getting like second and third hand jerseys and that kind of stuff and all these sorts of, of things and just putting that on top of it it's it's just so heartbreaking it's just yeah 
it's so heartbreaking. It's so kind of demoralizing as a fan of the league to to know that that this is going on. I'm just I'm hopeful. I'm so hopeful that somebody will finally do something about this. That somebody will in a position of power that can do something, be it with the FMF, be it with their ownership group, be it just the the board of directors um kind of bowing to public pressure or whatever somebody finally does the right thing for this club because god knows they need it yeah yeah i'm just hoping i mean all eyes will be on 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 the men's league on max obviously this week with the final coming up um i'm i'm kind of really hoping that someone comes forward and and asks Mikel Arriola, who will probably be at both games um and and yeah try to investigate what's going to happen because what has happened isn't isn't enough. I mean, mm. it's not even close to what we would expect. Um, and hopefully, I mean, yeah, trying to be a bit optimistic, hopefully something will happen, uh, whether it's the league kind of taking charge or, or just, I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, hopefully we'll have the opportunity of getting some reactions, uh, just taking advantage of all eyes being on Liam X this week and hopefully getting some access to, to, to people who can actually do something about it. Agreed. Agreed. Any any final thoughts? Any any last words on this? Uh, there's no real easy way to transition out of this. No, um, um, I mean it's just, um, I guess, just more more than a thought. Just the hope that we, this will be the last time we actually have to talk about something like this. Uh, seems pretty difficult. Um, it's happened with in several ways. I mean, we've we've heard about um, how people have players had to travel previously. Um, others, other kinds of abuse, other kinds of of systems that kind of downgrade whatever effort these players are trying to do to be professional. So, um, yeah, hopefully um, we'll see some changes and, and hopefully talk about something that happened uh, to improve and to protect all these players in, in the future. Agreed. I think if there's any silver lining of what we've seen with the NWSL is that there are now systems in place and mm-hmm. people in place um and the league took it seriously uh that you know should these sorts of things happen again there are systems in place that ostensibly will help the players and hopefully we'll never have to know if they work um yeah. but uh you know hopefully those sorts of things will happen hopefully you know there will be some sort of other uh look like the nwsl did where it investigated all sorts of claims um, and came out with that, you know, a couple of different reports, one from the league, one from the players association that um, kind of uncovered and really laid out a lot of the uh, abuse that was happening there. And maybe, maybe that would be a good thing uh, to happen in Liga Mackey's Femenil as well. Yeah. Agreed. um, Yeah. Like I said, there's no, there's no easy way to transition out of that. So I'm just going to kind of jump into it. Uh, we did finally get the draw for the 2024 CONCACAF W Gold Cup. Um, that's that's exciting. That's that's a that's a good thing. Um, the uh, Mexico was uh, drawn into Group A with the United States, Argentina, and the winner of the playoff between Guyana and the Dominican Republic. Um, what are your thoughts on Group A? I have to say that after we got drawn with the U.S., I was like, oh, no, you guys again. 
and Argentina too, because uh, we played them what three times over the past like year or two years. We played them in the Pan American Games. Yeah, and then we had a we had a series of a couple of friendlies. Friendlies, yeah, with Chivas and such. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I wasn't too bothered by Argentina, but when we got with the, with the U.S., I was like, oh man, like <laughs> you guys again. Yeah. Um. I mean, it, it was <laughs> tough. I mean, it was either that or just getting like Brazil or getting Canada. But I, I. Yeah, I would have preferred either of the other groups, to be honest. The only thing the only thing that goes through my mind with this is that the U.S. is a team that's kind of in transition. They are going yeah. from the old guard of Vlatko Andonovsky and Megan Rapinoe and, uh, you know, the, yeah. the older generation of players that's kind of there. Uh, they're they're out. Right. We know that Emma Hayes is coming in the interim. It's, it's Twyla Kilgore. They're bringing in a bunch of new players like Mia Fischel, who we've all been kind of clamoring for for ages, uh, who are finally getting their shot. But it is not it is not a set team. You know, one mm-hmm. of the, the, the for better or for worse, one of the things that we knew about the U.S. was they were consistent. You kind of knew who was coming. You kind of yeah. knew who wasn't coming. You kind of knew what to expect from that. That's not necessarily the case now. And maybe just maybe that opens up a bit of a a window for Mexico and the other teams to kind of take advantage of is that it's not this steady group that has been playing together for years on end for an entire cycle. It's it's kind of a regeneration stage. Maybe there's going to be some confusion. Maybe there's going to be trying some new players out who may or may not be as good as the ones that they're looking to take to the Olympics, that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe I'm just being overly hopeful and and uh, a lot of wishful thinking. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, um, I mean, for uh, other than that, I'm I'm pretty psyched to see um some of the Comnable teams participate as well. I th- I thought that was that was really great to give them that opportunity and just even though it's a different confederation, just have the entire continent grow and take advantage yeah. of that because I think um despite having some con- some some teams like the U.S. like Canada. Um, other than that, I think everyone else in the, in the entire continent can uh, just benefit from having regular activity and just facing off different teams. So I think that's that's pretty cool, despite it being a CONCACAF tournament, that we do have all these CONCACAF teams coming in. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see if we get Guyana or the Dominican Republic. I think either one will be pretty tough. Um, I really don't think there's there's an easy way out of, out of that um, anyway. Um, and looking into the other groups, I mean, we do have uh, Group B with Brazil, Panama, Colombia, and either Haiti or Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Group C has Canada, Costa Rica, Paraguay, El Salvador, or Guatemala. So, I mean, yeah, again, loving to see some some other countries, loving to see um, I, teams that we I, I think we've never seen, at least in a competitive level, um, face each other. So that will be really interesting just to see where we are. I think our first official tournament after the World Cup where we can actually see some uh, regular players and not like um, have like B teams coming in, B squads. Um, I think we'll probably see the best of all these teams just because, again, yeah, like you were mentioning, the U.S. is preparing with, with this transition. Uh, some of these teams are looking into the Olympics. Um, so, yeah, I, it's it's going to be a great mix of, of talent, of, of disciplines, of players, of just trying to see what comes out of this first, uh, first gold cup W. Yeah. Now I got to ask you, I got to ask you this. So I was watching on attacking third, um, show here in the U S and they were talking Mm -hmm. about, um, I think it was Jenny Chu said that she thought that group a was the group of death. Um, 
and uh, the the other person said that they thought Group B was the group of death. Which one did you have marked as the the group of death? I thought it it, it was Group A, just because I do think that um, Argentina won't be easy at all. Um, I I think, for instance, um, maybe in Group C, I do see. I mean, obviously Canada as a clear favorite, just because of tons of experience. But I think uh, Costa Rica and Paraguay are just like like slightly underneath and then El Salvador Guatemala I think will be uh, probably the team that will struggle the most I think it's, it's kind of clear that way but then for instance in group A um, I can't say Mexico won't struggle against Argentina I think Argentina has really great players um, and I do think it's not as I mean I think it's gonna be just as tough so yeah I, I think um, yeah I think that's pretty i i think yeah group a would be the group of death <laughs> See, i i thought it would be group b i thought that argentina argentina always runs hot or cold you know what i mean like they yeah if they come be, yeah. in and they they have uh they're playing against mexico the first match if they if mexico comes in and just kind of dominates them i think they could be the easy out in that group them and uh, either Guyana or the Dominican Republic. I think they're going to give good accounts of themselves, but they're both really programs that are kind of on on the rise from mm-hmm. that kind of like lower, um, you know, kind of like lower tier of, of teams. Both Guyana and the Dominican Republic are making a lot of improvements. Um, you know, watching them in in the um, in the the qualifiers to this, both of them looked good, but both of them also looked kind of shaky against teams. I thought that they should have uh, really kind of handled easily. So. We'll we'll see how uh, how they do. I I look at Group B and minus the you know the winner between ha- Haiti and Puerto Rico. There's no easy outs in that one. Brazil is tough. Panama is tough. Colombia is tough, right? Uh, and then Haiti. We all know what Haiti can do. Uh, and Puerto Rico is another team that I, I look at, kind of like the Dominican Republic and Guyana. That they're they're coming up, but you know maybe that if they can somehow get past Haiti maybe that's kind of the 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 easy one but uh yeah I don't I don't know I think for me it's group B I, I like that nobody said group C at all <laughs> it reminded me of that that meme with the three dragons and the two have the the real evil look and then the third one has then, like the googly yes. eyes <laughs> oh yeah that, that, yeah we all know which one's group C in in in, in that meme so <laughs> <laughs> I love that meme it's like the three hyenas and the lion king I may actually make, I may actually go make this when we're done. So be on the lookout for that. <laughs> but, um, you know, the good thing about this tournament is that the first, the top two teams in each group are guaranteed to advance to the knockout stage. And then the top two third place teams will also um, go to the, the knockout stage. So almost everybody, almost half of the teams, or I'm sorry, almost yeah. everybody who finishes top three is going to make it with mm-hmm. one from each group definitely out. I'm pretty confident Mexico can finish top three of their group. I'm pretty confident yeah. they can finish top two. Maybe if they get lucky, first place, but I'm not really banking on that. I don't think that they necessarily need to do that. I, I feel like they're a pretty good, a pretty safe um you know, say that they're going to go on to the, to the yeah. knockout stage uh, in, in some way, shape or form. Yeah, agreed. I, I think, I mean, I, I don't think they should focus on finishing first rather than um, I, I think it's like the first really tough um, competition we're going to have with Pedro Lopez. Mm-hmm. Um, he has had several friendlies and we had like smaller friendly tournaments 
um, with him. Um, I think he's seen a fair share of players at different positions, different strategies, etc. So I think this is finally when we're going to have to see um, like the A team, just see like what after all these changes, all these players looking like looking into different uh, possibilities. I, I know some of them um, were injured and that kind of um, ruined any any possibilities of them being seen with with Pedro. But I think that's what we have to look forward to. And despite the fact that it's the first official tournament with him, I would say that um, I'm still kind of looking forward to starting to see some younger players start to take some like starting like starting roles um, um, within the team, because I do fear that the team might get kind of old really quickly. So hopefully start to see, yeah, some key leadership positions, but also see some really great players that can be subbed in and and just take on that role just as well. So I'm kind of hoping for that just again, because I don't want to see I don't want to see the team uh, just be too old too quickly. And I think I think that's something that we have time for. I think we have time for this and looking forward to the next World Cup uh, start to see that process, because if we start leaning only on the players that we know are the most experienced. I think that formula is going to end really quickly. And if we want to make it to the next world cup, we do have to start thinking about players that will be at their prime just before that world cup. Mm -hmm. So this is one of those tournaments that we have to take advantage of and, and start looking into bringing in those players and slowly um, like build them up to, to just carry on the torch from all the, like the more experienced players, the more the more Stephanie Mayor kind of experienced players, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that Mexico should look at this as it, almost kind of like the U.S. as a as a transition um, kind of tournament. I think mm -hmm. that they're a little bit further along uh, because they do have their head coach sorted out um, and they don't have they're not trying out players for the Olympics. Like I, I wish they, they were, but that's not <laughs> yeah. that's not the reality. So they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to worry about balancing trying out new players and getting the older players enough minutes with the team to make sure that they're still like integrated and getting the touches and all that kind of stuff. like Mexico doesn't have any of that worries. They'll yeah. also be, most of them will be in season, right? So this is going to be, this is going to yep. start at the end of February. Uh, so, so like we can make will already be going. Yeah. 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 Something like that. And NWSL most likely won't have started by then, or will have only a game or two under their belt. Uh, so I think that's something else that can kind of play better, uh, for Mexico is just having that, that level of like fitness and uh, being up to speed with the ball and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so we'll see, I, like I said, I, I think that advancing to the knockout stage is kind of where they want to be. And then depending on, mm -hmm. depending on who they get, I mean, yeah. you know, if, if they, if they get like Brazil or somebody or Colombia, and they don't advance past like that first round. Like, I, all right, I get that, right? You know, um, if they get a kind of weaker team, let's say that I don't know, like Paraguay makes it as one of the 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 uh, third place teams that makes it in or something like that, and they lose to them, then you, then that's kind of cause for concern. But yeah, um, I, I think the bare minimum is is qualifying, and then kind of seeing who their their opponent is, um, you know, from there. Maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but you know, if if you're if you're setting expectations, I feel like that's about where they want to be. Yeah, agreed. And it also be really interesting to see. I mean, obviously, um, any Gold Cup tournament, be it men's, women's, um, is kind of like a home team, like a home game advantage mm -hmm. for um for Mexico. However, we haven't actually seen a tournament like this. 
Mm. Um, we've had Olympic qualifiers, for instance, that kind of thing. Uh, but not an actual tournament and, and with this kind of format, again, Gormable teams invited as well. So it'll be also really great to see um, fans come out and support Mexico. Um, we sometimes see the Mexican national, the women's national team play um, more times outside of Mexico rather than, <laughs> than in, inside the country, which is, which is kind of weird, but it's also good because um, just, I, it gives you different experiences. Again, I, I, I don't want them to just do whatever the men's side did, which is now playing the U.S. I and mean, whenever they don't play in the U.S., they, they struggle as an away team. But this is only the first time. There's tons of stuff to, to still learn from it, take advantage, get closer to the fans, build up all that fandom, and, and yeah, take advantage of it. I mean, you will be kind of like the home team, I think, there as well. So that, that'll be really interesting to see and just get the, the hype around all, the team just built up as well. Yeah, yeah, it'll be really cool. Uh, their first game, Mexico's first game, is on February the twentieth when they're playing Argentina at Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California. Uh, their second game will be February the twenty third, uh, and that will be against either Guyana or the Dominican Republic. And then the final game uh, will be against the United States. Uh, all of these games are at Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson. Uh, that final game will be on February 26th, uh, the day after my birthday. So if anybody wants to give me a ticket as a birthday <laughs> gift, I, I'd, I'd love you forever. Including um, the plane ticket, right? Yeah, including plane plane tickets. The most important part. I think I can. I think I can swing <laughs> the uh, the ticket to the game. It's it's getting out to to LA. That's that's uh, that's tricky for me. So, but no. In, in all seriousness, um, you know, I I it should be a fun tournament. Hopefully, um. You know, our listeners will be able to go in person or watch it on TV and, and enjoy it. And I'm just I'm interested to see what Mexico can do against some some pretty stiff competition. Yeah, agreed. I'm I'm pretty psyched to see that as well. And just again, get to know the players and build that up a lot. Um, just have the opportunity of building up the, the team. You know, as as a brand, I'd like to say, but it sounds really superficial. But just like as an identity or something mm-hmm. that could get closer to people that usually don't have access to the women's national team. Yep. That is that is true. Uh, should they go on into the quarterfinals, that will be March second or third at BMO Stadium in Los Angeles. The semifinals will be on March sixth at Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego, and the final will also be down in San Diego uh, on March the tenth. And hopefully, we will be talking and trying to hype that game up because Mexico will be playing in that one. But we'll <laughs> see if you know. Again, if they don't. It's not the worst thing. I just want to see good performances. I want to see yep. the plan coming to fruition and use this as a measuring stick. You know, I mean, if there's really no shame in losing uh, in like an elimination game against the U.S. or against Brazil or Colombia, you know, if you can keep it close and, and cause them problems, you know, so we will see. Yeah, probably think- like uh, probably like a friendly or so, or so uh, I'm thinking in January would be good as well. Yeah. Just to get like a final opportunity to see some of the players. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. I haven't heard anything yet, but maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if there's a international window in January. I don't recall off the top of my head, um, but it would be cool if there was. And then they could get yeah. some sort of uh, team to come in and play and, and see how they stack up. Um, yep. And we'll certainly let you know, uh, our, our faithful listeners, if and when we hear about that, hopefully we'll hear about something like that soon. Um, but uh, in the meantime, you know, we want to thank you all for, for tuning in. Adriana, thank you for taking time out of 
out of your day to 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 do this any anything any final thoughts before we uh before we head out no i mean if um hopefully everyone's having a good holiday um hopefully we'll we'll get to see lots of women's soccer um at least some news for the end of the year i'm pretty sure not not many games anymore but um something building up for 2024 hopefully will be really good and uh, just thank everybody for for listening to us and yeah, keep the conversation going on, on social media, hashtag Liga MX, F-E-M-E-N-G. Um, uh, we'll have three femenil as well. So yeah, just keep up with the content and, and thank you for listening. Yeah. Like Adriana said, keep up with the hashtags, keep up with the content uh, because at the end of the day, it is indeed our football. Thank you all so very much and we'll see you next time.